everybody, and welcome back. I am the Bull, and this is See the Bullski, the podcast where I talk about leadership, followership, resiliency, and wellness. Happy New Year! It is 2023, and I am back and ready to go. I hope you all had a safe and happy holiday slash New Year. Mine was pretty good. I was able to recharge, and I am ready to hit the ground running. I just finished a recent college class, and I start my next one tomorrow. Very exciting. Uh, the class I just finished dealt with perception and psychology, and throughout the class, I kept dwelling on the word perception, which was appropriate since that was the class. And for some reason, it was nagging me. And for a while, I couldn't figure out why. And then it hit me. I kept thinking about the concept of perception because throughout my career, I've heard a common saying over and over, and you've probably heard it too, perception is reality. Well, I did some reflecting on why it was bothering me, and I realized that I disagree with that concept. So I did some reading and I decided that perception isn't reality. But that begs the question, what is? And that's what I'm gonna go over tonight. So let's get into it. Like I said, you've probably heard the phrase perception is reality, but what you may not know is that it's actually a relatively new saying that originated in the 1980s and it was coined by Lee Atwater. Uh, he worked on George Bush Sr.'s campaign and leaving the politics aside, the saying has stuck around, and it's frequently used by some people, uh, in particular those with authority, which makes sense because it was originally used to help a person in a position of authority, a leadership position. But there is a serious and damaging problem with the statement, and let me explain. I read an article about the saying, and one of the interpretations and purposes of the saying was, quote, Forget the facts. If you can make people believe something, it becomes, if you like a de facto fact, end quote. Basically, a majority of people form their opinions and they'll hold on to those opinions despite acknowledging facts, let alone actually questioning their preconceived notions about the validity of the statement. When I was educating myself about the history of the saying and the intent that it was created for, I developed the opinion that this phrase is used to manipulate people in some cases and to control their focus and actions. Now, not always is that the case, but that was one of the kind of original reasons it was created. Uh, the statement is frequently used as a marketing credo because everyone has a mental impression of something. And this definition defines and directs how you see that something, again, regardless of the facts in some cases. If you look at definitions, Perception is the way that a person understands something. This is a very important point, so let me say it again. Perception is the way a person understands something. This creates problems because perceptions are influenced by specific experiences, and these are influenced by things like cultural references, sex, age, religious beliefs, attitudes, laws, rules, and even education. So this can create problems because no two people have the same experiences or influential factors. So when things happen, there's going to be a disconnect from how all of the involved parties interpret the situation. And this creates some strife with leaders and subordinates because the unwritten rule is that the person with the highest authority is automatically right. But that isn't necessarily reality. Speaking of reality, reality is the truth and actual existence of something. So the way I interpret these two pieces is that when something happens with two people, there is how person A perceives the event and how person B perceives the event. And then there's what actually happened. Now, if you expand this to a group setting or especially a team or you know a work center setting, maybe you see how relying on just perception can create problems. One of my favorite books, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, and 
Kahneman breaks down, there's two systems of thinking in humans. There's systems one and systems two. Now, system one is the almost instantaneous process that happens automatically without much effort, and system two is slower and requires effort or conscious direction. Perception, I would say, falls under system one. Perception comes from our previous experiences or developed expectations against current situations. Now, system one is useful because the fact is, Effortful thinking takes time and energy, and there's only so much you can process accurately in a day. So system one looks for shortcuts so that we can lessen the cognitive or mental burden. But systems one is far more likely to be wrong than systems two. System two, being the more effortful and directed approach, it does take more time and energy, but the payoff is you're more likely to be correct. Generally, our brains function in system one as much as they can, and they switch to system two when something catches our attention, like things we find important, interesting, or that may stand out. So here's an example. Say you're driving to work, right? When you're driving to work, have you ever caught yourself wondering if you actually, you know, stopped at the stop sign or stopped at the red light or did you, oh my gosh, did I run that stop sign? Did I run that red light? While it's possible you did, it's probably more likely that your system one was in control and you were in a sort of autopilot. You know, you've driven to work so much that it doesn't require mental effort, so system one takes over. Well, let's say one day you're driving to work and you see an accident. Do you notice almost immediately that it has your total attention? Is it safe? Is anyone hurt? Did traffic slow down? Is there anything on the road that you need to slow down and drive around? The situation, the change, caused your system two to kick in because there are circumstances against the norm and you needed to pay more attention now. Now, our brains do a great job most of the time switching between system one and system two, most of the time. But there are times when we become over-reliant on system one and this creates problems because not every situation is the same and when you're a leader, it's dangerous and ineffective to, to rely too heavily on system one. Don't get me wrong. Perceptions can be useful and less time consuming, but remember, just because systems one is fast and easy doesn't mean that it's always right. And we do need system two because that is a system that allows us to acknowledge and or challenge perceptions to help ensure accuracy. Now, why should any of this matter? Well, when you're a leader, you have a lot to process and keep track of, largely people, and a difficulty a lot of leaders have is relying too much on just system one. Wellandgood.com had a great explanation of a problem with the saying perception is reality. Perception is merely the lens or mindset from which we view people, events, and things. In other words, we believe what we perceive to be accurate and we create our own realities based on those perceptions. And although our perceptions feel very real, that doesn't mean they're necessarily factual. When I think about what Kahneman and you know says about systems one and two and how psychologists explain perception, I see a lot of potential for issues because perception is an individualistic viewpoint of a particular situation. And when you work you know, with a team, usually what can happen is the perceptions from one person in charge are the default for what is quote unquote right or quote unquote real. But the problem with this is that since reality is being dictated by that one person, it essentially means that everyone else on the team is supposed to be a mind reader and predict what the leader wants, thinks, or expects. Now, some leaders may not see a problem with this. I mean, after all, they are the person in charge, but I would argue that arbitrarily sticking to this mindset is setting the leader and followers up for failure because it's an unrealistic expectation. And when a leader operates like this, the followers can end up being focused on self-preservation so as to not attract the ire or you know the discontent of the leader, or even further, 
Uh, even further, it can lead followers to lying and hiding things because the leader has made it clear that nothing matters except their individual perception, so the followers learn how to play the game that fits the leader's ego. Because that's really kind of what it is to me. It's all about the leader's ego. If nothing else matters except your perceptions, your experiences, your expectations, then you're being driven solely by your ego. And the bad, that's bad news for any leader. You know, Let me give you an example. Let's say you have a subordinate that's late to work. Most people, and certainly leaders, would agree that tardiness is not a good thing. Well, if your sole perception is that tardiness is bad, therefore the late person is bad by extension, and you tear into that person, are you in the right? Some leaders would say yes, but I have one question for you. Did you stop and ask yourself, let alone ask the other person, the late person, why they are late? This is why perception isn't reality. Perception is an individual stance and it ignores the variables that are other people and the factors in their lives. And you can't know those circumstances unless you ask because you aren't them. Just like they can't know your perspectives entirely because they aren't you. Now, if you're a leader that says why doesn't matter, then what you're really saying is the other person doesn't matter and your people will also know that about you. Once your people feel like or know that they don't matter to you, you are no longer a leader and you're just the person in charge. You're just the person with authority. In some cases, you're being a jerk. Maybe you don't care, but that in itself says a lot. And ironically, the leaders that are like this are also the ones who probably justify not caring because they are so action and operationally focused. I say this is ironic, because if you are action or operationally focused, then it stands to reason that you want to get things done. And the best way to get things done is to take care of the people getting it done. Meaning you probably should care about the fact, the effect that you have on them. And your leadership approach and not caring about your people seems a little counterproductive to me. Other people might argue that the circumstances don't matter because of discipline, but this is just a BS excuse to me because discipline is used to correct bad or inappropriate behavior. But how can you say it's bad or inappropriate if you don't know the whole story? It kind of goes along the lines of innocent until proven guilty, meaning you need all of the facts before you carry out a sentence. Arbitrarily condemning someone without all the facts is something a dictator or a totalitarian does to incite fear and you know, enforced compliance, which again means people are diverting time and energy to self-preservation rather than work or team cohesion. Someone being late because they don't care is significantly different than someone who blew a tire on their way to work. But if you rely too much on your individual perception, then what you really are saying is that you don't care or can't be bothered to consider the other person or their circumstances. It, it's that simple. Now, I could argue with people who fall in the I don't care, it doesn't matter group, I could do that all day. But let's say for the sake of time that you see where I'm coming from and want to know where we go from here. If perception isn't reality, then what is? Well, before I go into that, let me just say that perceptions aren't necessarily bad. They can be helpful for a lot of situations, but there is something that can be done to balance them out and that is the use of attention. Remembering that perception is the way of regarding, understanding, or interpreting something, a mental impression, and keeping in mind that, you know, throwing in reality, reality is the state of things as they actually are. Well, attention enables one to pick their area of interest. Essentially, combining all of the different pieces of info together, perception is systems one and attention is system two. It makes sense if you think about it. What did or do most of us, you know, what did we hear when we were distracted like in school? We were told to, wait for it, 
to pay attention. And what this actually means is to actively engage our cognitive focus on something. Now, that might be a good way to think about perception and attention. Perception is more passive that occurs in an almost autopilot function using previous or past experience as a template for current circumstances. And attention is more active and is effortfully engaged consciousness that, you know, that, that engages us. Attention itself is defined as the ability to choose or constant, concentrate on relevant stimuli. Now, I think attention fits nicely as a counter to perception because perception is quick, easy, and kind of default cognitive processing, and attention is more effortful, time-consuming processing. I mean, think about it. We say pay attention. What are we paying? We're paying energy and time to process information more accurately. Another way to look at it is perception relies on internal perspectives to explain external situations and attention uses external situations to direct internal processes. May sound slightly confusing, but I hope it makes sense. Uh, attention is useful in challenging our perceptions because attention includes questioning what is being perceived rather than relying on our assumptions or expectations to determine our conclusions. How does this work in action? Well, let's go back to the tardiness example. Someone shows up late and you have your immediate perceptions about the situation, which there's nothing wrong with, you have your perceptions, but instead of just relying on those internal perceptions and reacting, if you take the time and ask questions and find out the circumstances behind the tardiness, it can and probably should augment how you respond. For example, they blew a tire on their way to work, or maybe they had a fight with their spouse before leaving for work. Attention to the moment and the person means taking an interest in more than just your own individual opinions, and it shows an interest in the person and their circumstances. It's amazing to me how many times I've heard people talk about issues in their work centers with coworkers, subordinates, or in some cases with their supervisors, and yet no one ever takes the time to stop and ask the why behind the issues. It is a lot easier to sit behind our own perceptions and feel vindicated than to take a couple of minutes, insert some attention, and include the other party to find out what's really going on. I get it. Some people aren't comfortable asking the questions, and some people just don't care. Either way, I strongly believe that in order to create healthy relationships and environments, we need to actively include input to fix or correct issues, and you can't do that effectively in a vacuum, and relying solely on your perceptions creates a vacuum, which has a good chance of being wrong unless you can read minds or have a magic eight ball and can see everything. Attention is something that we can all do, and it really starts with slowing down and catching yourself before you act on just your perceptions. Don't get me wrong, it isn't a bad thing that we have perceptions, and I'm a firm believer that the most likely indicator of future performance is past performance, but that isn't automatically the case and isn't automatically true. Humans often tend to apply previous experiences to current situations, but the thing is, they are individual experiences and things change. Times, places, people, all of it are susceptible to, to change in some way. And if we rely only on our perceptions, we're using potentially outdated knowledge. And in order to stay current, we need to be attentive to the moment and the people around us. This in reality is just being cognizant of one simple fact. No one knows everything and no one can know everything. Even if experience makes us feel like we do or can, we can't. The closest we can get to knowing everything is by combining what we think we know with the effort of questioning what we don't, and that includes integrating information from others. So if you want to be more attentive, 
and find out what is really going on. Here are some tips that I found from Psychology Today. I'm not including all of the tips as some of them were specific uh, to other topics, but these ones relate to my topic and to my purpose. So first one, value attentiveness, meaning put value in what others can contribute to the situation to find the true reality. Live in the now, because remember, Perceptions rely on previous knowledge or experiences, but attention tries to verify that information using current factors. Number three, be more aware or conscientiously attend to what is going on and asking why. Number four, notice the little things. Don't rely on or focus solely on the general picture of the familiar and learn to look for the individual differences that can help bring up questions. Number five, shut out distractions. Sometimes when we're trying to figure something out or solve an issue, we likely have other things going on around us which can lead to stimulus overload, and we may be tempted to rely on our perceptions to lessen that load. That's unconscious, like it could be conscious, but it's likely gonna be an unconscious reaction. So if you need to solve an issue, I recommend finding an appropriate space to do so where all relevant parties can focus on the problem unhindered. Number six, very similar to number five, don't multitask. I want to go on record and say that while the brain is busy multitasking numerous things to keep us alive and functioning, humans cannot cognitively multitask. It is not possible. There are numerous studies that have proven this fact. I don't say this lightly. It's not an opinion. It is a fact. Humans are incapable of actively cognitively attending to multiple things at once. The best we can do is develop mental flexibility which is like very more effectively and efficiently switching from topic A to topic B. But when you're trying to solve things of importance, learn to put something down as it were and direct your focus on one single thing. Again, too much stimulus can make the brain look for shortcuts, making defaulting to perceptions very enticing. Number seven, and I'm modifying this one slightly, but pay attention to your emotional state. I've talked about this before, but emotions and logical thinking at times come into conflict. And since the emotional centers of our brain are driven by an older part of the brain, um, they kind of have this inherently stronger automatic pull, not to mention that emotions and memory are more closely linked. So if you're emotionally off balance, then you're, you're even more likely to react off of your perceptions because again, perceptions draw off of your previous experiences. So it's kind of like your emotions have a simpler shortcut than your uh, logical side. Number eight, practice attentiveness, or basically learn to slow down and catch yourself. One of the biggest tricks that I have been trying for a couple years now is taking three deep breaths before reacting or responding. When we are stressed or in a rush, we tend to answer more quickly, largely relying on our unconscious processes or our perceptions to pull up the appropriate reactions. But by intentionally stopping and redirecting the focus to breathing prior to reacting, we gain better control and just that slight pause can help engage your attention more effectively. Getting to the end folks, but I wanna bring something up really quick. I've mentioned reacting versus responding in a couple of my previous recordings and I think that the argument holds up with this topic as well. Knowing what you know now about perceptions and attention, I think it's safe to say that perceptions are closer to reacting and attention is closer to responding and yes, while perceptions are often going to be right and is a lot, you know, like system one, it's, it's fast, it's easy, it's, you know, simple processing. System one is far more susceptible to mistakes and attention is like system two. 
meaning that it takes longer and requires more effort, but it has a much greater chance of being accurate. And when we are interacting with others, especially as leaders, but also as peers, uh, we should be aiming at quality over quantity because the best quality comes from cooperative quantity. The idea that perception is reality is highly flawed. And I found out there are quite a few articles that relate to this topic or that dance around this topic. But to my viewpoint, using the phrase perception is reality is ineffective and it's damaging. It's a very damaging way of saying that only your perspective matters, which should never be the case. You are unable to control what other people perceive and expecting others to know is just unrealistic and mentally unhealthy for you to put on or expect from others. Reality is a tricky thing sometimes and by forcing others to operate under the illusion that perception is reality, it creates a hostile environment where people spend a ridiculous amount of time and energy to try and predict what someone else is going to think, feel, do, say. It's just not possible to do that. So if perception isn't reality, then what is? I would argue that attention is reality. And now you know why. Reality is something that is created from everyone interacting with each other and one person's position or authority does not dictate the reality for other people. But hey, that's just my perception of the topic. And I wanna say thank you for paying attention. And yes, that was unbelievably cheesy and oh well, I said it, get over it. Anyways, that's my thought on the topic. I'm sure people have different opinions, but this is just something for you to chew on. Decide for yourself if you think perception is reality or if you think my argument that attention is reality holds any water. Like I said, it's something that I've been chewing on for a couple of weeks and I thought it was worth sharing, so I hope you like it. Anyways, again, Happy New Year's to you all. I missed you and I hope you enjoyed my return. I really enjoyed my time off, but I was super excited to get this session recorded and to get back into the swing of things. So please remember to follow the channel, you know, click that follow button so you get all my weekly updates and please share this out. Every download helps the channel. And with that, I will check you out next time.